Ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages, and of course, the young at heart, you know who you are. Welcome to another death-defying matchup of two wonderful spooky shows. In this corner, 80s staple, Tales from the Crypt, and the challenger, 90s dark horse, Goosebumps. This is Put Up Your Spoons! This week's theme, werewolves. Welcome to another installment of My Favorite Spooks. Werewolves are also some of my favorite things. Excellent. Or, oh! Excellent. My entry into this My Favorite Spooks edition of all werewolves all the time is a Tales from the Crypt episode called Werewolf Concerto. So we open on a full moon and spooky choral Latin chanting. And a well-dressed man stumbles through dark woods chased by an unseen creature. And then we see it, a hulking werewolf that tackles him and slices his throat with a single claw. It then holds up his severed head, Mortal Kombat style, and howls. Later that night, at a swank chalet, a woman hears the news of her husband's death and wails. And an angry German guest, Carl, yells at the manager, Mr. Antoine, because he believes a werewolf is behind this. And it's already killed three people. He wants to know what the manager's going to do about this. And guests are panicking. They want to leave. Mr. Antoine tells the guests that they're all trapped there by a mudslide. The police can't reach them, but not to worry. He has hired a werewolf hunter who will deal with their problem only on the condition of anonymity. So some of the guests think this is foolish, some are relieved, and some are excited. While this hubbub is going on, Timothy Dalton sits by the fire, sipping a drink, and he smiles. Beverly D'Angelo approaches. She's in a tight black dress, she's playing a vixen type, and together she and Timothy Dalton, who's playing Mr. Loki, have some film noir style repartee, complete with smoky saxophone music. You've been listening to this? Hard not to. What do you think? About. Werewolves. That old hair on the back thing's always been a big turnoff for me. And you? Oh, I dig a chick with a healthy fro. Whatever I can find it. Later days, Barbara boy. Mr. Loki recognizes that she's a famous concert pianist and instead of talking about the werewolf he kind of shifts into uh, heavy flirting and he asks her to breakfast lunch and dinner and she keeps shooting him down until he suggests that they meet in her hot tub tomorrow night with that out of the way he gets down to business he bribes the bellboy to inform him if any of the guests receive messages by phone, fax, or letter. And the next morning, he starts mingling with the guests and asking for details on their whereabouts. So a woman asks Mr. Loki who he thinks the werewolf hunter is. And he tells her that's the wrong question. And that it's only important to the werewolf, his or herself. Then they get accosted by Carl, the angry German guest. So Carl and Mr. Loki trade barbs, and then Carl pisses off. Loki's being pretty smug about it. He beat the guy at gambling, 
and uh, there's some animosity between them. So Mr. Lokai decides to pay a visit to Janet's room, but she's not there. So he's kind of snooping around her room, and he goes over to her piano, and he's just about to start playing something when he hears Carl outside threatening to shoot someone if they try to follow him. So he goes, bingo. And he, he sees that Carl's headed off into the woods, and he chases after him. So he's out there crunching around in the woods, and then something's coming up on Mr. Lokai. All of a sudden, it's Mr. Hertz, the other older German guest, and he pulls a gun on Lokai. He's heard that Lokai has been asking questions about him. Lokai notices that Hertz has Carl's bag, and Hertz decides to silence Lokai before he can snoop around any further. Then Lokai does a high kick, kicks the gun out of Hertz's hand, catches it, and then just puts a bullet right in his head. And it's it's not even like a, like an instant self-defense reaction because he knocks Mr. Hertz down and, and then he holds the gun on him and he has him dead to rights. And then he just puts a bullet right in his head. So it's pr- pretty brutal. Cold-blooded. So he tells Hertz, I'll bet this werewolf business must be expensive. And he goes in and he finds a big stack of cash inside Carl's bag. And he says, you're all the same. No challenge. So right around then, the sun is starting to set. And the bellboy tells Lokai that Carl got a message with proof that Hertz was a Nazi war criminal. And this is really upsetting. Lokai is like, what? That, that can't be. It's impossible. And he realized that Hertz was not who he thought he was. Right around then, he hears that Janice will be performing a concert for the guests that night, and he flips out. He asks the bellboy when Janice got back to the hotel, and he's like, uh, she never left. He's like, that's impossible. I was in a room this morning. She wasn't there. And the bellboy says uh, that Janet never wakes up before the afternoon because they think she has a drinking problem. <laughs> so... So Lokai starts to suspect the worst about her as the full moon rises. He rushes to her room, pulls out the gun, and kicks in the door and says, Come on out, bitch. It's time to hola. Did you did you did, get that part? Yeah, I, I, I thought he said, It's time to hula? Like hula dance? And I was like, what? Is that a saying? Come on out, bitch. It's time to hula. So Lokai searches Janice's room, and he still can't find her. Moonlight streams in through the windows, and he starts to groan and double over, and then he totally wolfs the fuck out. He has a full-on werewolf transformation, howling style. Or I guess American Werewolf in London style. Yeah. And uh, it's totally awesome. You know, his back gets hunched, his shirt rips open, his fingers sprout claws and his face gets all twisted and he says you think you can hide from me you're not hunting me i'm hunting you and right around then as he's smashing up the place uh an innocent maid comes in (laughs) so he pounces on the maid and then savagely beats her head against the piano And we get a good long shot of him bouncing her skull against the piano keys to uh, communicate that there's no sound Uh coming from the piano. I was like, way to go, sound department. (laughs) So even though he's he's in a werewolf frenzy, 
uh, he knows there's something weird going on with this piano. So he lifts the lid of the piano and sees that it's full of soil. And then suddenly he's impaled twice from behind by a candlestick. He falls to the ground, bloody, and we see Janice in a tight red dress holding a bloody candlestick. She licks the blood off and mocks werewolves for being dim-witted. He's like, the piano, you were in the piano. And she's like, think of it as my tour bus, baby. You know, you're pretty sweet. I think I'm going to have you for breakfast after all. Then she pops her fangs and bites his throat. The end. She was a vampire, uh-huh. and she was the werewolf hunter. Third favorite thing. That is my, my other favorite spook, is vampires. It was pretty great, because at various points throughout the episode, I was like, oh, I think maybe James Bond is the werewolf. Uh, maybe it's this squirrely German guy. And then, you know, you know what? I think it's maybe Beverly D'Angelo, because she's like a femme fatale. She's really dark. They never see her during the day. Right. And so um, that was pretty good. A lot of red herrings. A lot of red herrings. Uh, The Nazi red herring was (laughs) unexpected. I just loved how in this werewolf-rich environment, like 70% of the people were just on board with the fact that it was a werewolf. (laughs) Yeah, but they were still uh, going about their business. The manager, they were. The manager, Mr. Antoine, was like, all the evidence points to one conclusion. This is clearly a werewolf. <laughs> Don't worry. So that was Dennis Farina, this this Italian American actor who usually plays like wise guys and cops and gangsters. To see him as this weird like almost major D type in a in a tux with an ascot and like a beauty mark. I mean, he was kind of playing it oh, gay yeah. and like was trying to use kind like really of. fancy words. I don't know, but every once in a while. He dropped back into this, like, thick New York accent. It's like he was trying to play against type. I don't know. It was weird. Actually, my only note for uh, your episode, that the only thing I actually wrote down on my paper was time to hula. Come on now, bitch. It's time to hula. For this matchup, I decided to go away from Are You Afraid of the Dark for once, even though they do have a werewolf episode. And go back to me old goosebumps, not the least of all reason, because it gets us the most likes on Instagram. Now, I meant to send you the werewolf of Fever Swamp. Really? But instead, I accidentally sent you wolf skin. Oh, wh- thank wh- God you did. <laughs> which was a two-parter. In Goosebumps wolf skin, Alex, a young boy, gets off a bus in the middle of nowhere, which turns out to be a town called Wolf Creek. And Wolf Creek, it should be noted right off the top, is a town of perpetual full moons. Every night is a full moon in Wolf Creek. Do you think Wolf Creek is um, at some elevation that's like closer to the moon or something? <laughs> or perhaps in an alternate on an alternate Earth? Oh, it's it's on a planet. Yeah. That's tightly locked with the the full moon. Wait, that doesn't make sense. How could a planet have a full moon? Binary star system? Maybe a binary star system. <laughs> so that it's always right. getting some sunlight on it? It's all Yeah, the moon is always receiving some sunlight. Uh, the bus driver has lots of time on her hands because she follows him off the bus and is like, Watch out, y'all. There's a headless ghost that roams these woods. And it likes to eat little boys. <laughs> Have a nice night. 
Vink factor on the bus driver, high. Large Marge factor, high. I would say Large Marge factor because the bus driver's name in the credits was Big Edna. Really? really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's And I li- must say, it was appreciated. Oh, yeah. For large margin. Oh, yeah. I mean, I appreciated that was, it. That was, that was great. Um, she, she put up her spooks. <laughs> she put up her spooks. Spooks were put. Uh, but, yeah, she's, she drops him off in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, at an abandoned gas station. And make sure to try and scare the wits out of him before she leaves. But Alex don't care. He's a fucking. He's made of sterner stuff. Let it be noted at this point that I really wanted to smack this kid. <laughs> Something about Alex's face. Oh yeah, he was a little I shit. Don't know. Just like from frame one. Yeah, and from frame of- one. He- he looks like one of those kids from the Village of the Damned or something. Like a little round-headed blonde boy with blue eyes. And just, he was face acting and rolling his eyes like crazy. And <laughs> I just wanted to fucking smack him. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just wanted to get that in there. Uh, Actually, cut, cut that out. No, no. I'm right there with you. So he sits on the bench and, you know, he's waiting for his aunt and uncle to pick him up. Uh, they haven't shown up yet. So he's reading a magazine and he sees this article about a horror photography contest uh, where you can win $1,000 for the spookiness shot. I forget what they call it. Something that makes you shudder. Cut to next morning and he's asleep on the bench. Finally, his uncle shows up and he's like, oh, sorry, had a little trouble with the Jeep after leaving him in an abandoned gas station and making him sleep on a bench shitty uncle so he brings him back home and the uncle and the aunt are these like cool action travel photographers who have all these accolades and alex really wants to be a photographer too he brought the camera that they sent him and he's snapping shots his uncle tells him eh it there's nothing much to it just point and shoot and that couldn't be farther from the truth i mean yeah there's nothing about lens choice or f-stops or focal lengths or development techniques none of that matters as long as you find something cool to shoot i mean i guess finding something cool to shoot is important but you shouldn't wave off that other stuff well if you want to nitpick uh there's a scene where they're in the, the dark room and the red light is on and the uncle just opens the door and walks out and i was like no you didn't expose all the film you monster so they pick him up they bring him home and he's like you know i i found this article and i'm gonna shoot some spooky stuff he looks and and their house is in this like beautiful quaint little neighborhood surrounded by forests and all the houses are cute gingerbread houses and then he's like "Ooh, how about that house and the camera swings left and it's like this disgusting dilapidated condemned fallen down house and they're like that's the marling's house stay away from there they're crazy and so of course the first thing he does is go and start taking pictures of the marling's house so then he goes into the woods to just wander around and take flat angle pictures of shrubs he of course in true goosebumps slash are you afraid of the dark style meets a cute girl named hannah who's like a total hippie chick and she's like I love the woods. The forest is wonderful, but they're going to cut it all down. Can you believe it? Oh, boy. At this point, I think Hannah is a wolf. These are are my notes as I wrote them. So the sun's going down and Hannah vanishes and Alex gets completely lost in the woods. Something kind of like attacks him and he, he and like, unfortunately, they had to cut to a commercial. So they have something jump out of the bushes and run up in Alex's face as he screams. And then when it cuts back from commercial, he just goes, that's not a rabbit, and runs away. So like, you know, they, they rewind it. 
I always had a problem with that. The retcon fake out, yeah. Commercial break fake. But anyway, he runs away, and he the first place he goes is to the Marling's house, and he's pounding on the door to let him in, even though his aunt and uncle's house is literally right next door, as we saw earlier. Um, the aunt grabs him, and she's like, no, stay away. I told you to stay away from that house. Uh, and then they put him inside, and then she and the uncle go out, and because they have to shoot some photographs. Uh, yeah, they're they, working on a special wildlife project. Uh, the next day, Alex is in class. I, I assumed he had—he was on like summer break to go and visit his aunt and uncle for an extended period because you don't generally go during the school year. But yeah, his parents are in London, and so he's staying with his aunt uh, and uncle. I see. I missed that part too. Bizarre that he's like. It's, at one point, the teacher is like, "Well, I, I hope you want to live in Wolf Creek." And it's like, no, he's just he's just visiting with his aunt and uncle for like a short time. Right. And, uh, you know, they're discussing legends in class. And Legend. Alex calls legends lies that people make up to explain things they don't understand. And the bully is like, fuck you. Some legends are true, like werewolves. They shed their skins at night. And if you hide the skins and they can't find them by the next full moon... The werewolf inside them dies. The bully has a sidekick who repeats like the last two words of every sentence he says. Yeah, he's one of those characters. Every time the bully says something, the second in command will echo the last word or two. And then at one point, Alex like scores a zinger and the second in command just like he's got to give it up. He just laughs <laughs> instead of repeating what the bully says, which was a pretty, I don't know if it was intentional, but it was a pretty good moment of comic timing. But what I liked um, was there was actually like a nice kind of creepy horror moment where Alex is in this new school and he's like, come on, guys. I mean, nobody believes in werewolves, right? And he looks around the class and like everyone in the class like looks away or looks uh -huh. down and it's like this awkward silence. And I was like, oh, that's they're playing this pretty real. Yeah. So then after class, the bullies get him and they're like, if you don't believe in werewolves, we'll prove it to you. Meet us at Wolf Creek at midnight. And Hannah's there, and she's begging him not to go. But he has to prove his manhood. He can't back down, because then they'll just give him more crap. So he's about to go out at midnight, but he realizes that he's completely locked into his room, and there's bars on his windows. And as he's looking out his window, he sees two giant wolves come out of the Marling's house. And they see him, and they try to get into his bedroom through the bars, but they can't quite get through. And he uses his flashbulb to scare them away. I really thought... This was going to be the moment where he gets the shot. He gets he the shot for Shutter Magazine. Yeah, but he's literally just activating a disconnected flashbulb. Right. There's setup and payoff, and instead there was no payoff. No, no. I gotta say, I thought that was one of the best scares in the whole episode. He looks out the window at the Marlings' house, and he sees two monstrous silhouettes jump out of a window, like two stories down or something. And then he goes to the door, and the door is locked, and then he goes back to the window to look out, and they are right there yeah. at his second floor window. Well, like, I was snapping. so fixated on the fact that he tried to get out of the safe, secure, locked room. He saw two werewolves come out. And then he tried to get out of the room. That was a fastness. He should have stuck there. He was secure in his fastness. Although um, when they did the, the scare moment and they leapt up to his uh, second or third floor window, they were like biting the bars and oh, like, yeah. bending them and ripping them apart. So Yeah, but that was after he tried in. to escape. At this point, I think 
aunt and uncle are wolves. Really? Yes. Aunt and uncle are talking to him the next morning, and they're like, that's that's crazy. There's no wolves, and you shouldn't listen to Hannah because a wolf bit her brother, and then she spent she spends all, all her time, spends in, all the her time in the woods looking for wolves. Uh, he tells her what happened, and she's like, yeah, you know, I, I've never seen a werewolf climb. And he's like, what? Fuck off. You've never seen a werewolf? She's like, I've seen tons of werewolves. They're all out in the woods. And she's talking about, she basically explains urban wolf sprawl due to deforestation. <laughs> and of course, Alex is like, this is too good for the shutter contest. I need to take this national. I'm going to fucking blow this thing wide open. And Hannah's like, no, you can't do that. They encounter the bullies again. And they're like, well, what the hell? You didn't show up. And he's like, mm, how about this? Meet me at the Marling's house tonight at midnight. And I'll show you some trick or two. And at this point in the story, I think everyone is wolves. Because, you know, they were out there all night. The second-in-command bully has a bandage on his face. And uh, the first-in-command bully says, We were out all night, and this guy almost got eaten alive by mosquitoes. And then the second-in-command said, Yeah, they like my blood. That was funny. Um, and that was the river where the werewolves like hang out and drink from the stream. Right. So it seems like a pretty risky place for a bunch of everyone's kids out to go. all night in this town where they all know there are werewolves. And I yeah. and I well, but the fact that I suspect yeah, that everyone free. is wolves. The wolf capital of the country. In the wolf capital of the country of perpetual full moon, Alex goes to the river. And uh, he's training his camera on the spot where he thinks the wolf is going to come out. But at that moment, a werewolf appears right behind him. He screams like a total girl, but it's all a dream. And his teacher's there and wakes him up and is like, Alex, this is, what are you doing out here? It's too dangerous. And then his teacher turns into a wolf, but... It's all a dream. So he goes back home because he's, you know, freaked out by whatever. He looks out his window again, straight into the Marling's house, and he sees his aunt and uncle stripping their wolf skin. I was right about one of the wolves. But he watches uh, these werewolves uh, split out of their skin yeah. and peel them off. And it was and cool. And uncle, and they were naked. <laughs> oh, that, now that'll fuck you up more than anything. So they hear something somehow. And he has, like, pried his door open with a crowbar. So they come in to investigate, and uh, he fakes like he's asleep. And so they go back downstairs, and when he comes down, it's like an acid trip breakfast. The lenses are all wonky. They, you know, make some crack about, oh, they don't want breakfast because they had a bite last night. (laughs) And I think they're probably eating hunters. So he goes away and takes his sweet time just completely forgetting about the whole legend that the bully pumped into his head about werewolf skin and hiding it or destroying I thought the were- the bully said to destroy it, but... If someone finds the skin and destroys it before the next full moon is at its highest point, the curse is over. And the werewolf inside the person dies. Yeah. Dies. He goes to talk to his teacher, and his teacher has a bandage on his cheek and is telling him to be careful. I noticed that, and I was like, what is happening in this town? Yeah, as far as I know, it's never actually explained about the whole cheek bandage thing. I went looking for a part three, because I was like, <laughs> there are so many unanswered questions. When do the mosquitoes no come out? Just... They like my blood. So, uh, finally, he remembers about the wolf skins, and him and Hannah go into the Marling's house to collect up the skins, They find them in a closet. They're warm and smelly. They put them in a garbage bag. The bullies are following them. They go out into the woods. They dig a big giant hole. The sun is going down. 
Hannah disappears. Alex hears a noise in, in the underbrush and goes to investigate, even though he knows there are werewolves and that his aunt and uncle are werewolves. Two giant wolves pop out of the underbrush, but it's actually just oh. the bullies in disguise. And then the sentient werewolf skins attack the bullies through the garbage bag, and at this point it becomes full-on Evil Dead. Alex is, like, whomping the garbage bag with his shovel, and he's like, no, you don't, uglies. And he throws the skins into a, the hole in the ground and starts to bury them, and their arms are popping up through the soil and trying to grab them and stuff. Then the aunt and uncle come out with dark circles around their eyes, and they're like, give us our skins. We're so cold. We're so cold. That was so creepy. To imagine, like, staying with your aunt and uncle, and then they come out of the woods, and they're all, like, raving like lunatics, and, like, please give us our skins. Like, that was that was some serious creepy. Oh, yeah, this whole sequence was awesome. But Alex is, like, fighting them off with his shovel, and he's like, no, the moon's almost fully risen, just a couple of more seconds. The moon fully rises in the sky and the werewolf skins explode in a giant fireball and everyone's happy and that was so unexpected i went whoa because he's he's swinging you know at that point like you said it's full evil dead with the werewolf skins attacking him and he's whomping him with a shovel and he's trying to bury them and he's also swinging a shovel and trying to fight off his cracked out aunt and uncle. And then when the moon comes out, he's like, get down. And I'm like, wait, why do they have to get down? Don't tell me. <laughs> and then a giant mushroom cloud of hellfire bursts up from the ground. And I was like, oh, shit. No, they didn't. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Very surprising so for a Goosebumps episode. Crazy. You know, everyone's happy. They're not werewolves anymore. But he's lamenting, well, I still didn't get the shot. Dag, blast it. But then he looks at one of his pictures, and he double magnifies it, and it's Hannah coming out of the woods, peeling off her giant bulky wolf skin. And so I was right on a second count of werewolfism. It was weird because it wasn't like she was uh, splitting out of her skin like her aunt and uncle did. It looked like she was taking off a bully costume. The bullies tried to scare Alex dressed up like werewolves. Do you think... They believe that Wolf Creek is infested with werewolves, which it is. No, or... because at one point the bullies go, Haha, you didn't think we really believed all that stuff, did you? So they don't believe it's really infested by werewolves. Even though everyone else in the class is freaked out by werewolves, and Wolf Creek is full of werewolves, and they're on a planet where it's always <laughs> a full moon. full moon, you know? But they're bullies, but... so they're just contrarian, I but... guess. Bully's got a bully. Bully's yeah. got a bull. Although, if you if there was always a full moon, you wouldn't know about phases of the moon. Although Alex's parents were in London, so maybe they shipped him to Wolf Planet. Werewolves of London. <laughs> If you say so. So I was blown away by the production value of this two-part Goosebumps episode. All the little touches of wolves throughout the the scenery. So he had a, a bottle of like soda 
balanced on the door called Wolf Bite. And then every product, every magazine, every poster was wolf themed. In the morning when he was having that acid trip with his aunt and uncle and he knew they were werewolves, they had a box with like three little piggies bacon on it and stuff. <laughs> Seriously, they went all out. Yeah. I think because it, it was a, a double episode, they were able to take a little more time and put a little more thought and detail into the production. Uh, so I want to talk about that werewolf legend. Yeah, they were full-on skinwalkers in this one. Yeah, I thought it was really weird at first. I thought it was like another Are You Afraid of the Dark travesty of mythology where they <laughs> thought that changelings and banshees and, and uh, leprechauns were not what they really were. Because they were saying, you know, the werewolf sheds its skin, and if you can uh, keep them out of their skin, you know, you can free them, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, it's kind of like the old Viking berserker legends, where there were certain Viking warriors that would wear wolf pelts into battle. Uh, they were called the Ulf Helfnar, and it was believed that they could, like, transform into wolves or werewolves in battle. Cool. And there's all these legends about uh, shape-shifting witches that will leave their skins behind and go fly through the night. And if you can find their skin and, like, uh, lace it with salt, they can't come back to it and they'll be destroyed. So, you know, they're actually on pretty good standing, you know, to say that there could be werewolves who take off their skin. We're just not used to that. But actually, there's, there's so many legends and myths and like you said the navajo skinwalkers who will yeah. put on animal skins to transform and stuff like that so i thought that was really cool not only that it gets you um a murder-free way <laughs> in a kid's show to get your aunt and uncle out of the curse of lycanthropy yep although they could have gone the true love route yeah you don't need true love you don't <laughs> need silver bullets all you need to do is just find their skins and keep them away and third, even most impressive, it allows you to get double duty out of the werewolf costumes. Not only do you have actors dressing up in werewolf costumes, you get to use their costumes themselves as an important prop. And then the costumes <laughs> attacked at some point. Yeah, I thought it was, it was such a clever, clever episode. But I was still scratching my head at the end. Be very careful. Sometimes legends bite. Ratings, Tales from the Crypt, Werewolf Concerto. Shock factor? I would say high for the time, because I don't know if that was like a, a yep. normal thing to kind of mix genres like that and mix monsters. I mean, maybe the Universal Monsters had done it. I would say between the opening werewolf decapitation scene... Uh, Very good the, transformation. The, 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 the Nazi shooting, the, the <laughs> transformation... Yeah, I'm going to say hi for shock factor. Gross factor. It was a little bit gross when she started licking his blood off the candlestick before we knew she was a vampire. Yeah, but it opens up with the werewolf dragging his talon across the guy's neck slowly yeah, and then gross. holding up his severed head. <laughs> We've seen thousands of, the, of throat slashings and decapitations. And uh, when he shot the Nazi in the head, Nazi that was pretty crazy. Gross. So I would say gross factor extremely high. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, what the factor? What the factor? I'm going to say high. Pretty high, yep. A lot of twist. twists and turns, um, a genre twist, 
as, as you mentioned. Galore. Uh, who done it? Um, didn't expect Nazis. When he kicked open her door and he was like, get ready. All right, bitch, get ready to hola. It's time to hola. That was amazing. I wish he had busted uh, out a grass skirt and just started hulaing right there. I did not expect her to be a vampire. I, it just, it totally caught me by surprise. Theme of werewolf. Yep, pretty high. Pretty high. Uh, body count, can you remember what the body count was? Four, including werewolf? Seven. Seven. Because the guy we see get killed in the beginning was the third victim. Oh, uh, do we count off screens? Yes. So, yeah. And then Carl gets killed, and then Mr. Hurst, the Nazi, gets shot, and then the maid gets oh, her the face maid. smashed in. I forgot in. about the maid, yeah. And then Mr. Loki, the werewolf. So what do you think about that name, Mr. Loki? Yeah, I don't get that name. What's the etymology of that name? Because we had a Chinese food restaurant in our hometown called Loki. So that's all I could think about the whole episode. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain Lokai. Alright, ratings for Goosebumps. Scare Factor. Hi. Yeah, I would say sky high. <laughs> I would have, man, if I'd seen that as a kid, um, lots of like legit, well done jump scares and the American Werewolf uh, dream sequence. Mm hmm. Don't where dreams. he's like having nightmares about werewolves and waking dreams and and his on the uncle or cracked out crazy werewolf fiends the evil dead sequence really powerful stuff gross factor gross factor medium well uh <laughs> gross factor pretty gross well, what, when they come out of their skins and the they're gross? slimy and you know you see your naked aunt and uncle gross when they Ooh. describe when they find the werewolf skins and there's like flies buzzing around and they they smelly and warm and stuff yeah that the, just for the smell alone it gets a bump seeing your aunt and uncle naked it's got to get a bump uh -huh. high gross factor but what the factor pretty high i mean yeah twisty episode twisty again kind of a whodunit Everyone's Although werewolves. It everyone's mosquitoes. Like you called it that everyone was a werewolf. I, I didn't. I didn't call that theme of werewolf. High, pretty high. Well, it's more of a skinwalker thing, but still. I mean, that town is is lousy with yeah. Werewolves. I'm, I'm really splitting hairs if I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. No, I think for uh, just sheer werewolf plurality i gotta give it to goosebumps on that one body count uh low body count unless you count the two skins three hunters uh, three hunters two werewolves two two werewolf skins oh the werewolf inside you does die so soft five so as magnificent as goosebumps werewolf skins was i'm gonna give it to werewolf concerto oh man it ekes out just on body count maybe it's just because that Werewolf Concerto had a vampire in it. <laughs> so, hey, Jeff, well, what about werewolves makes you love them so much? When I think about why I have been so infatuated with werewolves for so long, I could pretty much always find vampire shows, vampire movies, vampire books. It was always really hard to find anything with werewolves in it. Mm. And I think because it was so hard to get my fondness 
or my yearning for werewolf content just grew in proportion. My question for you from this episode is, if you could turn into any animal, what would it be? Turn into an animal or turn into a were animal? I mean, I guess put on its skin style, skinwalker power, mm. assume the form of an animal. Because I'll be honest, if I could turn into any animal, wolf is probably pretty low down on my list. Perhaps some sort of skinwalking were falcon or were eagle yeah i was thinking like an eagle or something would be pretty awesome yeah if you could fly if it also hollowed out your bones no you could you could do whatever this animal could do yeah or were t-rex i feel like a were t-rex would get gunned down pretty quickly <laughs> yeah but as we've seen in this episode it doesn't matter even if it's a silver bullet as long as you can't find my where t-rex skin and look i'm gonna lock that shit down oh then maybe maybe a better question and furthermore a question you may be reluctant to answer where would you hide your magical skin mm, in a museum oh that that it might belongs <laughs> in a museum <laughs> that might make it hard to get to at uh, at the perpetual full moon not in a closet in a house where i didn't live maybe i'd bury it in my own closet under a bunch of dildos and stuff <laughs> <laughs> that way nobody would go looking for it especially if it I was mean, smelly i mean i feel like the type of person that would be poking around in that closet is is not going to be <laughs> Dissuaded. All right, never mind. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Ew, there's still more. You were talking earlier. What if a vampire put on a werewolf skin? Mm-hmm. What do you think the result would be? I mean, I guess it would just be like a hulked out vampire. At the end of Tales from the Crypt, the vampire fed off of the werewolf. Yeah. I think his blood was lousy with uh, the werewolf curse, right? Wolfochondrians? I, I don't think that would infect her. She would have to have unprotected sex with the can the candlestick in order to transmit. <laughs> you know what? Based on this and what you said about your closet, I think this entire line of questioning is uh, not suited for kid show review. I'm just trying to get the hard science. Don't believe the influencers, kids. You get your information from old Uncle Ryan. Kid, stay away from Uncle Ryan. <laughs> stay away from his closet. But Beverly D'Angelo did say that she'd hunted and killed Lupe, Lupies before, whatever she, she called it. She was like, you loopies are so easy. So she should have already been wolfed out if she was going to absorb that power. But if she did take a skinwalker's skin and wear it, she could infiltrate werewolf dens and then drink more of their blood. Because it's tasty and delicious and full of vitamin B? Have a nice night! Someone's at the door. Come on now, bitch. It's time to hula. Rerun for your life.